Welcome back, everybody. Listen to another episode of Driving to the Basket, first episode of the regular season. My name is Mike here today with Price, who is uh, generously offered to uh, to guest in this episode, so I don't have to talk to myself for thirty to sixty minutes. So, Price, welcome back to the show. Always help. Uh, always good to be of help. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you're a very, very kind and generous person. <clears throat> so, uh, we're just going to talk uh, takeaways from. Uh, the first four games of the season. And I believe this always deserves a proviso that this is early in the season. And early in any NBA season, things are really wonky and, and always subject to change. And some things probably will change. Other things we'll talk about uh, maybe a little bit less likely to change. But uh, I think it's often best to really reserve strong judgments uh, at, at this stage of a season. Uh, though, again, I think that there are some, there are some long-term takeaways that that we can glean. I think it, it does bear mention at this point that the first three games, the Pistons had it kind of easy. Uh, this Heat team, yeah, they did, they did just uh, make it to the finals. They were a pretty bad regular season team last year. They're pretty poor. Uh, lost a couple of key guys from that run. Um, Butler and Harrell just had really bad games of their own accord. Lowry didn't shoot the ball and so on and so forth. And the, uh, the Hornets and the Bulls are a mess. Uh, the Thunder, different story. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get rolling. Uh, we'll just start off with some positive takeaways. We'll move on to the maybe not so good stuff afterward. So, Price, for you, uh, what is doesn't need to be in any particular order, but for you, what is the first positive takeaway that comes to mind? We can we can just go with players. So, which uh, which player comes to mind for you? When we're thinking positive takeaways. I think for me, it's Jalen Duran has been one of the biggest bright spots. Uh, in this young season, he's been just everywhere in terms of his rebounding, leading the league, or is now, I think, fourth or uh, top five. And he's been just doing so much work to help alleviate the the scoring load on Cade, which I wasn't expecting at all. And he's he's really helping to form that nice duo and he's incredibly young, 19 still. I know that that gets brought up during every game ad nauseum. Wait, he's only 19? He, Nobody told me. Yeah, him. he's only 19. <laughs> Did you hear? Did you know that Jalen Byrne? No, I didn't. I had no idea. No, Nobody told me last year that he was the youngest <laughs> no. player in the league 50 times. 50 times. Right. Uh, either the away broadcast or the home broadcast made sure to slip that little nugget yes in. Uh, yeah greg kelser it's, it's, it says folks this kid is only 19 or only 18 you know <laughs> yeah, he may have said that a few times yeah it's it's to the point of becoming a, a a meme within the pistons community that that he's a teenager but i mean he's looked great for the most part i mean there's still some defensive issues but i feel like he's been a lot better at staying engaged and being a physical force especially matched up against centers in more one-on-one settings like at the block i've i've been pretty pretty impressed with jalen duran overall yeah me too for sure uh he's been a surprise i mean my opinion was that all he needed to really do was improve on defense and reach what i think is a very high you know i think he's got a high ceiling on defense but all he needed to do was was become was reach his defensive potential and he would be easily a top 10 center even if he wasn't necessarily able to do all that much on offense and i agree his defense has improved uh, again, only four games, not not against the greatest competition, but he's only allowing only fifty percent of the rim, which is quite quite good. And 
Uh, it's really on, and he's just yeah, he's been more energetic, just been using his his length and his athleticism to to disrupt things more than he was last season, and and not making yep. the same sort of kind of like many positioning mistakes. Now it's on offense where he's really impressed me. Um, just yep. we saw a couple instances last year, so the rare instance of him just taking the ball and very surprisingly driving it in. For example, uh, he's shown more in the way of handle. Uh, he's shown much more in the way of touch around the rim, the passing. Just, just overall, I've been very impressed. Yeah, in in one sense, you pretty much sum, summed up what I think has been the the biggest improvement, which is his offense. He's more comfortable putting the ball on the deck and actually driving if he's got a lane. He's so big, he's so bouncy, he's so fast that it it makes it somewhat difficult to get in front of him. We'll, we'll put it mildly. So the fact that he's recognizing that more often now, I think is huge. The passing, obviously, we we knew that that was in his scouting report, even back to the draft. But man, he he's looked super comfortable making passes. Yeah, he's his hands are so good in general. Like this guy has got really good touch at at threading the needle at gathering passes from Cade or gathering passes from Ivy or whoever and being able to alter angles pretty quickly as windows open or as he predicts windows open. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if that, I think it, it's, it's more like that his, his basketball IQ seems to be progressing. Yeah. That I think is the, the biggest sign of, uh, of encouragement for Pistons fans more than, any of the other stats that we can point to is the fact that this kid, his feel is just improving. Yeah. Is... And, and we should just be expecting more like year over year, just more comfortability, more quick decision-making more, you know, little things with like how he, what angles he chooses to to do his screens on as that, as that evolves, I think we're going to see a huge improvement and he's got, I think, real all-star potential. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I think we've seen a noticeable improvement in his processing. I agree, and even just uh, even beyond his processing, and he, yeah, he just seems to be able to do things on a, on a much make these decisions on a much faster basis, whether uh, on defense or as a passer, or even what he does when he gets the ball around the basket. Much more patience, not just kind of throwing up kind of a more wild way up, just uh, establishing position giving him you know getting himself to the to the right time and place to shoot but even his scoring overall like you mentioned his hands uh which are quite large hands uh, of course and uh a little joke there but they are pretty darn big just his ability to to grab the ball off the bounce like from Cade in particular and just pound it down from from above the rim even from close in off the move before anybody can do anything about it um and yeah, he's, he's gotten himself a bunch of, a uh, bunch of and ones just from scoring super well through contact. It's, he's, he's extremely strong. It's, he looks like a very different player than he did last season. He's much more experienced, much more well-rounded. Yeah. <clears throat> the these signs of encouragement are, are very real. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree there. He's, he's just like you said, I completely agree that he's the player who's, who's, been the most kind of tantalizing so far and i don't know if we've mentioned this but he's he's only 19 wait he's 19 yeah i didn't know that yeah it's it's crazy and and this would be his rookie year if he hadn't reclassified so yep 
he was very raw last year. He's, he's made a lot in the way of improvements, and I still think he's, uh, he's, he's got a ways to go. And, um, yeah, and he's, he's, he showed more on offense than I, than I really expected him to, expected to see from him. So, yeah, yeah. Biggest, he's my, my, my biggest, uh, uh, point of positive overall the last first four games. Yeah. Had more trouble against Oklahoma city, um, because yeah. they're a well-coached, you know, solid team with defenders who are long and fast and could absolutely swarm him because they had no issues whatsoever with leaving certain members of the roster open. But, uh, that's, it's, and he looked a little bit more confounded there, but you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, He's only nineteen. You know, it's still still growing. Obviously, not not really a problem. It's just he had. You know, it's it was it was different. You know, that some some teams are going to be easier than others, and he was he's not really playing necessarily an ideal situation. So yeah, either way, super exciting. Uh, definitely uh, the, the highlight for me too. So uh, I'll go next, <clears throat> and hmm, what will I say? Uh, I think Asar Thompson's defense, which. I think we both thought would be good. I don't think either of us thought it would be quite this good. Uh, I've just been really impressed so far, like really, really impressed by the defense. I I'm flabbergasted that he's this, this competent on defense already. He's able to stay locked in almost every possession. I mean, he, he doesn't win every, every rep, but boy, is he taking a lot of good reps off of serious big-time scorers. I know it's regular season Jimmy, but it's still Jimmy Butler. And he he can definitely make guys pay if they're not careful. And Asar was mm-hmm. take, taking reps off of him. And he was taking reps off Shea. He was taking reps off of a, a maximalized Zach Levine. Who had, who was as automatic as he's ever been? Oh, he was amazing. Asar, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Asar didn't do quite as well in that game, but some no. some guys are just gonna you can force them into the toughest shots you can, and if they make them, then you tip your hat and you move on to the next possession. You know, yeah. and uh, that's that's what Levine was doing. That's what Demar can do as well. Yeah, I was I was yep. most impressed by his defense on Shea, uh, and thank you for pronouncing yep. that right because I constantly mispronounce it as Shy. If nobody corrects me. So, uh, if you look at the stats and I mean, defensive stats don't tell you the complete picture, obviously, uh, you know, for one, I mean, for Asar, I would say that they're, they're actually better than, than the stats tell you because, uh, defensive stats can't tell you obviously when defense was so good that a player didn't even attempt a shot, but uh, Shea shot two of eight from the floor, uh, the Sar blocked him twice, uh, Shea did get to the line a couple of times, but all told it was like eight points on nine possessions for a player who was extremely difficult to guard. So I think it was actually nine points on 10 possessions, excuse me, um, something like that. Whatever the case, Asar did extremely well against Shea, who is extremely difficult to guard. So, and I mean, not only is it his one-on-one D, I mean, he's he's extremely mobile. He comes out of nowhere to block shots. I mean, he's, he's already great in help side. He's yeah. yeah, super athletic, knows how to position oh. his body, still has strength to put on as well. I think he's, he's got space and for that. I think it, it's also bears pointing out that he he's averaging over 10 rebounds through four games. It's very early. The stats are very noisy. I, I understand, but that's, that's a pretty ridiculous number for a rookie. Yeah. Um, he's got the, the 4.3 assists per game. 
the 2.5 turnovers. So it's a pretty good ratio, 2.5 blocks. Yeah. Again, super early, but that's, that's very, that defense is here to stay. I mean, that much, I think that much is, can, can be said with confidence. The blocks. Yeah. He, I mean, he just, he, he comes, he's, most players don't have this sense. I mean, he uses his length and his athleticism expertly, but he also just has the sense of how to position himself and when to swing the arm, you know, to, yes. to get the block without following. And I knew he was athletic. I did not know he was quite this athletic playing defense in the half court. I mean, he can come flying out of nowhere and he just, he knows where to be. And yeah, just the defensive upside is extremely high there. And it's just been, it's been a joy to watch him on defense. You mentioned the passing, uh, uh, just his ability as a connective passer is really pretty impressive. Um, he just he knows how to just get the ball and do something good with it right away for a teammate. Yeah, and he's getting four, almost four and a half offensive rebounds per game. Yeah, the rebounding. Right now. Yeah, the rebounding's been good, and that I think is here it's, to stay too. Maybe not, maybe not ten a game, I, but I think it's here to stay. Yeah, I think that being a, a, a much more positive than average rebounder is probably going to be something we'll see for his career. It's his ability to track balls is so good yeah it's so good he he wins so many 50 50 balls that's another thing duran does as well duran wins those 50 50 balls just with effort and and foresight that some people just have that knack like dennis rodman is sort of the the archetypal like preternatural rebounder who would just watch rebounding tape for like thousands of hours these guys are are not in that stratosphere obviously but they're we got some pretty pretty special talents when it comes to dominating the glass, and I'm I'm very encouraged by a lot of what I've seen by Asar so far. Yeah. Now the rebounding, I mean, it's his athleticism, his length. Uh, like you said, yeah. he's just he's got a good mind for it, but he's also just very aggressive. I mean, he yeah. he goes 100 percent for these uh, for these rebounds, and he wrestles them down. Same as Duran. Yeah, we didn't mention Duran's rebounding. I mean, Duran has been just finding himself amidst like three guys around the rim and he still grabs it just because it's, he's fast, he's aggressive, he's strong and he can't be moved. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's like a, he's, he's a, a tree amongst smaller trees out there for the most part. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing him go up against, uh, I mean, I know that he's probably still going to get worked because everybody does uh, at least right now in, in his sophomore season, but going up against Embiid and Jokic and down low, um, and yeah, again, he's probably not going to be very successful, but that's no knock on him. You know, as a second year, 19 year old player against like two guys who are virtually unstoppable in the post. Um, but yeah, so yeah, good takeaways from Asar on, on uh, you know, as a passer, as a defender, as a rebounder. It's, it's, it's been cool to watch. And it seems like, as we expected, very smart, very hardworking and, and very, very athletic. When do the Pistons play the Rockets? I don't know. I have to, I'm going to look this up right now um, because that's uh, that's going to be a marquee matchup. Just watching. Oh, <laughs> you got to be kidding me! Not until New Year's Day. Oh. That's nonsense. But uh, but that'll be fun. I mean, he and he and yeah. he and Amin know know each other pretty well. They look a lot alike. Um, you know, they uh, yeah. I mean, they're identical twins. Whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> I just uh, I find it funny. I've got identical twins in the family. So it's, it's just, it's just kind of funny to me. Uh, unsurprisingly, they are not quite as athletic or good at basketball as, as, uh, as, as Ahmed and Asar, but you know, yeah, most people aren't, they're also, you know, <laughs> five foot two females. So, um, 
right. in any case. All right. So uh, we've talked to Sarah. We've talked Duran. Uh, what else you got? Now, this might be a little bit different, but one guy who I've been just so happy to see every time he steps on the court has been Alec Burks. Mm-hmm. And it's for one reason and one reason only, but it's a big one. And it's his three-point shooting has been a godsend Mm -hmm. for this Pistons team. Every time he's on the court, I feel just more comfortable in whatever we're going to be doing. We're going to have a little bit more spacing that teams are going to have to respect. He makes a lot of savvy plays where it's like he knows how the the game is called and he'll kind of get a little bit of drawn fouls going, you know, to sort of slow the other team's roll during certain runs. He's been making, again, just solid plays. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not like going to be a great offensive creator, but he plays his role. He's knocking down shots at the very sustainable clip of, oh, 53%. Uh, yeah, I, it's not. I agree, it's not sustainable. I expect him to probably <laughs> settle at something like eighty percent, maybe by the end of the season. Yeah, uh, right. He right. just 80, 80. he can't keep shooting such a such a low percentage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Burks is. I mean, this is something I think is undersold with the veterans in the team. Those being Burks and Boyan, um, that they just open up so many possibilities in how elite they are as shooters and how much the just what you can do with them. Run them off screens. Um, but defenses have to account for them constantly. You can't give them any space. They're elite play finishers. And, you know, Burks had a career season last year. And, he did. Yeah, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see another one. I would not be surprised. I think he'll be a strong shooter regardless. He's, he's a good veteran. He's not the greatest defender, but on offense, he's very valuable. And, yeah, I agree. He's been impressive. He's, uh, I still resent him a little bit for taking that three at the end of the game last year that denied him from having, like, 30 points on perfect shooting. I was like, why would you do that in the last minute of a game? <laughs> I don't actually resent him for that, but um, yeah, he's, he's been good. Looking forward to getting Boyan back as well, because, uh, you know, yeah. I, I know that there's a certain thought of, you know, the Pistons are, are young developing, which is trade the veterans. These guys are very valuable. And ironically, like probably the third best shooter on the team, unless it ends up being Sasser, who's basically a veteran already at age 23. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> it would be Monte Morris. <laughs> Who's <laughs> yep. also a very strong right. shooter, but very strong. Yeah, shooter. but Burks, yeah. guys like Burks are just very valuable in any offensive system, and yeah, he's uh, he's been extremely extremely useful. Also, I think was leading the NBA in plus minus, but again, there are reasons for that. But <clears throat> <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Burks has been good, absolutely. Yeah, been, been my just bright spot. I'm always happy to see Alec Burks step on on the court and that's been you know uh huge yeah for my sanity <laughs> uh, who was it who uh, was it somebody in i remember if it was a fan or it was a misspelling by by a writer somewhere called him alex burt i think it was a fan <clears throat> uh, that yeah. one's kind of caught on reminds me of back in the red wings days seeing people butcher the names of red wings players like one of them was like you know rex hoodler you know your hood was called rex hoodler. rex hoodler was a baseball <laughs> player uh, you know, Bart Webb, uh, but the grind line had it worst, you know, with like Darren McCarthy, uh, you know, Kurt Malpe <laughs> and then Chris Draper spelled wrong. <clears throat> um, yeah, they, they managed to, to just, butcher all of them in print. Just names that should not be a struggle, but I agree. Here we are. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, so my next one would be uh, Jaden Ivey in some ways. So Jaden Ivey, obviously coming into the league, is a very explosive player. Is looking substantially more explosive this year somehow that, than he did mm-hmm. last year. I mean, he's a blur out there, and I feel like we're really seeing, uh, you know, why he was heralded as you know a guy who was going to be one of the most athletic players in the league. Uh, when he was coming in, we didn't see it as much last year, but but this year I feel like he's really reached another gear um, and is just doing much better at attacking the rim. Yes, and I mean the three point shot looks pretty good, and the rim finishing, other than that ridiculous miss windmill, <laughs> has been has been better. So I I've liked a lot of the reps that that Ivy has taken. He's been. He's been quietly very effective. There's that he struggled a lot game one. I will put that caveat out there. I thought he had a really rough game one, but after I mean afterwards, it's felt like he's been coming off the bench and has just been ready to roll as soon as as he his numbers called. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. It's uh, I feel like it's just like Duran. He's playing smarter. Last year there was a cool. lot of straight line driving. It yep. was very predictable. Uh, he yep. he was incredibly athletic, but he would just drive right into guys and get stopped. And as the season went on, he he struggled more at the rim, and he did start shooting a lot better from mid range and on the floater, um, and from three, of course. But uh, this season, he's picking his lanes a lot better. He's actually you know utilizing lateral mobility, and mm-hmm. uh, he's just he's driving in a much smarter way that's going to give him a better shot at getting the rim, including from off the ball. And yes. I think that's an underrated aspect of his game that he's, I think he's going to be a very effective off ball attacker. His shooting has looked good. And and you can point out, yeah, he shot 34% on the season last year. He was a much stronger shooter than that in the second half of the season, like much, much stronger. Yeah. It, it feels like he's more and more dangerous every time that the ball gets kicked out to him on three point attempts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the respect is going to start to come. And once that happens, then, that his game is going to open wide open once once teams have to guard up on him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be ridiculously hard to to get in front of him if you have to respect his shot. Yeah, what is the what is I just still don't understand his issue in terms of standing like a foot behind the three point line. Um, but I have is, no idea. Yeah, as long as it works. I mean, he did the same thing in Purdue. Like he'd stand like a foot behind the three point line, and they came to the NBA where the three point line is further out, and he's still standing a foot behind it. So it's not like he was deliberately shooting at NBA three-point range. Uh, whatever, as long as it works. I just figure he's kind of making things more difficult for himself. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. Is Yeah, he just he looks like a player who is growing, which is exactly what you want to see. There are still some boards, but I, I think we've oh, yeah, seen yeah significant growth uh, over the offseason. <clears throat> okay, um, so that's Ivy. Uh, yeah, who else do you have? I've, I've got a few more I can go over. Uh, they're smaller. Yeah, yeah. I have a a big one that does not involve a player. Let's see it or hear it rather. Yes, right. Uh, this is a podcast. Oh yes, that's um, true. <laughs> the big or a big general takeaway is ball movement actually works. Yeah, coaching. And I can't believe that I'm the one bringing this up after all of the years of listening to you just point out in excruciating detail the lack of ball movement Dwayne Casey would would uh, have for this Pistons team because the there's so much movement 
on the court now for the Pistons. I'm like, is this a modern offense? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're running. We are running picks for, for guys not immediately on the ball. What is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, like we, we both have bones to pick with, with Monty's lineups, which we'll, we'll talk about later on, but, but in terms of just this, the, how he's coaching the offense is worlds better than Casey and, uh, Casey was a a moderate upgrade on, on Van Gundy. Let's just forget those years even (laughs) happened yet. Uh, Casey was a very, very indifferent offensive minds when you look at, yeah, I mean, if I think I've said plenty about that already, uh, Monty is much better and it's nice to have a coach who is actually capable of, you know running things on offense, innovating, uh, running a complicated, complex scheme. I don't think that Casey was ever running a simple scheme just because he had young players. He was running a simple scheme when he was coaching a team full of veterans. He's just a very, very untalented coach on offense. So I agree. That's been a plus and that's been fun to watch. And it's like, it's a, an extreme breath of fresh air. Yeah, that's been, it's been great. Just watching. <clears throat> we actually leak guys out across the baseline. Now the, sort of help put pressure on weak side actions. We're moving guys but from corners to the break and then back just to sort of help to distract different d- defenders so that way they are reacting with a little bit less time to to the play on the ball. Like there's been a lot of uh, different things that have been gone on while watching the Pistons that it, it makes it much easier to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh, things, for example, like even just like the little actions he runs with, with Duran and Stewart, which mm-hmm. I, I think can be more effective against kind of weaker defenses, but, um, but having Duran be, be out on the, on a perimeter and wait for Stewart to seal up and toss him a pass and Stewart can take advantage of a mismatch. I mean, even just the little things like that, that are just innovations yeah. that we haven't seen from a coach of the Pistons. And admittedly, the bar is low, but that we haven't seen from a coach yeah. of the Pistons in a long time. It's been a, a long, long, dark period of coaching that ranges from really mediocre to actually horrible. <clears throat> so I, I agree. Absolute breath of fresh air there. That's That's been remarkable to see. <laughs> yeah, like actual honest-to-goodness NBA coaching. Yeah, it looks like how other teams look yeah. on offense. That's great. Yeah. Uh, somebody, uh, speaking of Stewart, I want to mention a little bit, um, just more yeah. versatility, and this is this is also partly coaching. Just those actions. I, I'd say this is entirely coaching, actually. But just seeing actions that do take advantage of his ability to, to generate mismatches because he, he has his issues in terms of mobility and athleticism, especially at the four. Um, but that's just good to see. So I, I guess that was just kind of... Um, sprouting a little bit off of your point. Uh, mm-hmm. Beyond that, mine are pretty small. Sasser looks like he, I mean, is is really just kind of like a water bug out there. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Or is that toughness? I can't remember. Uh, Sasser is yeah, is extremely hardworking and fast and and slippery and whatnot, and kind of gives glimpses of the, the kind of the shooting specialist I think he'll be. And Bagley's made some improvements in terms of attacking off the dribble, and his shot form looks quite a bit better. Yeah, I I would say that those are definitely small positives that Stewart's shooting has been competent. It's not been lights out by any means, but it's been competent. The Sasser minutes have been pretty good. He handles the ball, I think, about as well or better than I thought. And that's nice that we might have long-term that backup 
or sort of secondary ball handler to sort of run out there either next to a starter or off the bench. Also the the three point shot looks extremely pure mm-hmm. with Sasser. So that's great. Yeah. And then Bagley looks like he's playing for his career and that's kind of what we wanted. He looks hungry. Yeah. And it's still not good <laughs> on defense at all, no. but the, the offensive component, I've seen him just be much more active, much more engaged. Mm-hmm. And for off the bench scoring on a bad team, which the Pistons are, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's fine. So yeah, the, I, I'm, I'm with you on all those points. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit higher on, on the Pistons than, or at least I came into the season a little bit higher on this team than, than was probably the average that I saw. I, I still think that this is a team that can make the plan if everything cuts right. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there. Yeah, if everything cuts, I mean, a lot would have to go right, <clears throat> but I, I don't think it's out of the question. Um, it's you know, it's it's the tenth seed. I, I think I think it could happen. It's definitely the ceiling outcome, in my opinion. But I, you know, I, I think it's a possibility. I wouldn't bank on it, but I think it's a possibility. Uh, all right, so uh, let's move on to uh, a few of the kind of less ideal, less good takeaways. And I know we're going to completely agree on this. Um, the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what's happening. Uh, Monty Williams is the competent coach. He knows he's fielding a starting lineup that has no hope of succeeding with uh, two non-shooting perimeter players when even one is usually ruinous to an offense. Uh, three non-shooters altogether. Two players who are more or less offensive zeros at this point. Um, no genuinely good shooter. Mike... Um, like a motion shooter who shoots high percentage, like Burks, for example. <clears throat> Horrible spacing, far too little scoring. Uh, it's it's a nightmare. Like then it has been comically bad on offense. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's Killian, who when it did could be Burks. I just don't get it. Look, I've been advocating for Burks since the preseason. That that was the lineup that just made the most sense to me. Like Ivy off the bench, I disagree with me too because i would rather have the warts of ivy that can hopefully get rounded out and develop next to Cade, develop within the offensive structure that Cade provides but it i at least can understand it because they probably want to just see ivy be able to dictate the flow of the game when he's on the court and it might be the better learning environment for that aspect to not play him as heavily with Cade. There's, they are getting some minutes together, but it's not that much. But going back to it, Burks, on the other hand, he's the most natural fit next to Cade on the roster in terms of being a guard. He can do movement shooting. He spaces the floor. He makes heads-up plays. He provides that veteran stability all at the cost of maybe some defensive matchup issues. <clears throat> yeah. I, I just don't get, I, I don't get what's going on right now. I mean, again, I think Monty is doing this for some reason. It is. I cannot think it is because he has thinks this lineup has any capability of success. Um, it's just, this is a lineup that completely punts on the necessities for an offense in today's NBA. You cannot have all of those weaknesses. You can't put out two guys who are, where liabilities from the perimeter and bad scores. I mean, Asara is coming in. Asara, the team perfectly 100% knew entirely that he is 
his half court scoring is all upside at this point. He really struggled in the half court in OT. Um, yeah. All he needs to do to become a strong starter in the NBA is shoot the ball well, but he's coming in needing to work on everything in the half court. So that's that's no surprise. It's not mm-hmm. a knock on him. It's just how things are right now. He's, he's very much a raw product on offense. And then you have Killian, who over the last two seasons yep. has been arguably the least effective scorer amongst big men players in the entire league. Uh, and so... Kate is, I forgot to mention this in the positives. Kate's shot looks a lot better, like a lot, a lot better. And he's yeah. shooting close to 40%. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I was very confident it would come along just because he was too good of a shooter in college. But uh, it's like your second best shooter is Isaiah Stewart, who I think will be a good shooter, but he's not who you want to be your second best shooter. Nope. And you want him to be your third or fourth best shooter on the court. Yeah. And so they don't have the firepower. Kate gets swarmed. Um, oh. Like, like again, the, the heat, excuse me, the, the the Hornets and the Bulls are just complete hot messes. Both of whom are pretty poorly coached on top of it. And they never really have the capacity to punish the Pistons for this. The Thunder punished the Pistons, punished the starting line. Though even the starting lineup was crap even then. It was getting it was getting worked over pretty badly even the first three games in terms of on off, in terms of net rating. The Thunder are the first team they played. The Thunder are a good team and they completely exploited the starting lineup. And it was incredibly ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to put a pin in Cade. But the just in general, I don't know how we can justify this for anything other than injury. And I know there's the whole killing conversation, but other than injury, this shouldn't be happening. No, it probably shouldn't be happening. Period. I agree. But like that's the only only logic that comes to mind. It's like we want a guy who can. I don't get it because. Because the the Killian component is that he provides defense and ball handling. Is it Morris that they're waiting to come back on and then play Morris next to Cade it's, for the ball handling it's, component? Like it's, I don't get it. it's possible. Um, yeah, I, I just don't get it either. And I, I think it's worth saying it's been four games. This lineup is not going to last. You know, it, it could be any given no. any given game. Killian could be out of the starting lineup. I think Asar will stay. And they'll just accept they'll yeah. just accept the fact that the defense that the offense is going to suffer when he's in the floor because that's a given. Um, yeah. If this were if Tom Goras had said, "I demand that you win as many games as possible," Asar would not be starting. But it clearly hasn't right. happened. Um, and nope. but yeah, and it's not like oh hey Jaden, we're trying to make a point to you. Um, you got to earn it. And so the guy who's going to replace you in the starting lineup is an enormous minus named Killian Hayes. Um, who's just getting these big minutes simply because he exists. Uh, yeah, he can technically handle the ball, but he's very limited as a handler. On defense, yeah. he's at his strongest when the play slows down. He's not very good on the drive. No. It's just, he was getting destroyed by Zach Levine. Yeah, well... Getting destroyed. To be fair, it, but, Levine was hitting some difficult shots, but yeah, Killian is, is not a guy who can defend Zach Levine. And Zach yeah. Levine stays moving. And if a guy is moving full tilt, Killian is not a good defender. Yep. So it's just an... It is a lineup that is guaranteed to fail unless Killian becomes or Asar becomes a much better shooter. And even then Killian's going to be an unholy drag in the offense just because he's terrible on offense. So I don't get it. It's frustrating to me. I expect that it will change, but the starting lineup has been horrendous. Like statistically speaking, this is a fact. It has been terrible and it was a big minus even before the Thunder game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Then you bring in Burks for Killian and the lineup gets a whole lot better. As he's usually yeah. Burks is the first guy off the bench and he replaces Killian. You still got a SAR on there, and it's always going to be kind of an issue that'll be left open. But the lineup becomes dramatically better. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, it even helps a SAR when Burks is out there because 
when Asar gets himself into trouble, which is pretty frequent, he at least has another option to kick the ball back out for either an easy easy score or at least uh, a little more space to to make the pass to whoever. It's just I I don't understand. We're we're getting killed on on every starting minute we play. Yeah, we probably win the Miami game if we play the starting lineup three or four minutes less. Mm-hmm. They played 13 minutes in the Miami game. We lost by a point. We lost by, I think it was like 10 net rating on, on terms of our on off numbers for that starting lineup. It's just, it, it's just not, not a functional group. No. And no, it's, it's just tough. It's just tough to watch. Yeah. And I'm always happy whenever <laughs> the, the starting lineup is out. That's how I know as a fan that it's, that it's done. So that I'm, I'm happy to see any other combination of players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like adding Burks to that lineup. It's what he adds, which is a lot just in terms of like what we mentioned earlier, just what he adds to a lineup. It is also that Killian is not out there. And as bad as it is to have even a single guy who can just be happily left open by the defense and can't finish plays from the perimeter, having two of those guys is ruinous. It is a guaranteed fail. Uh, like you can ameliorate it a little bit if you've got like other superstar talent on this team. The piss, this starting lineup does not have that amount of talent at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no knock against the guys uh, out there against Duran against K. They're they're just not at that point. Even if they were, yeah. uh, there's you don't put them out there with that lineup. You just don't do it. <clears throat> Even Dwayne Casey did not go this far. So uh, I don't think Monty's stupid. He's a competent coach. I have no idea why he's doing this. Uh, make a point of some kind. But I'm looking forward to when this experiment ends. And I'm sorry, Killian. I, I liked you in the pre-draft days. You work hard. You seem like a good dude. I'm so tired of watching you play in the NBA. So tired. And I think it deserves mentioning that the Pistons literally traded for Monte Morris to take his job. So I think it's pure serendipity for him that he's getting minutes at all at this point. Yeah, I think it's it's about time to... To call time, if you will, mm-hmm. on the Killian Hayes of it all. He's just so severely limited because even Asar, who is also pretty much an offensive zero, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. is getting a lot of easy buckets in transition. <clears throat> a strong transition and, player, absolutely. And a lot of lobs. offensive rebounds. Yeah, offensive rebounds and, and lobs. lobs, yeah. I mean, there are things we forgot like, to mention about, yeah, the transition is a major positive for him too, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is as as expected. And as expected, it's more more so like Asar is kind of like a very primitive version of Aaron Gordon right now. Way smarter. Um, <laughs> Aaron Gordon. Way yeah, Aaron Gordon is very athletic, and not the brightest. I, and I mean primitive in the sense that he's just a rookie. Yeah. <clears throat> Aaron Gordon at least has has established a role and knows how to play it in the NBA, whereas like Asar isn't there yet. Uh, but no. the, the the positives with Asar are are very, very massive and the potential is is quite high. Mm-hmm. But that, that's this whole sidebar. It's a sidebar. Yeah. And I, I, I think we can I think I can move on. Yeah, I agree. With, with the, the starting <clears throat> yeah, I, concerns. Yeah, I, I expect this to change. Uh, I think Monty yeah. is doing something. It's not because he's stupid. I mean he's he, he's, he knows no. he knows what he's doing. Um, I don't know why, but there's some reason for it. Uh, just another positive I want to go back to, uh, like Cade for a bit. Um, yeah, he's had his struggles with turnovers and whatnot, but 
Um, yeah. I feel like we're seeing him get to the rim more effectively and the shooting is better. And those were two things we really wanted to see. So I, I think that just bears mention. Um, and he's starting to get calls on free throws. Yes, so also good. My God. That, is there, I mean, I don't want to say it's been all positive. I feel like he's gotten himself into some bad positions. I mean, he's not set up to succeed in the starting minutes, but even beyond that starting lineup, I felt like he sometimes has been over dribbling and over complicating mm-hmm. his, his sort of life. But the, the, as you said, the, the arc on the shot looks way better. The free throw attempts are starting to come. They didn't come that first game where he had 30 with no free throw attempts, but they're starting to happen. Now he looks bigger and stronger. The defense is still quite good. He's still a, good defender and i think it's we're starting to see him emerge as an all-star and i don't know if it'll happen this year but Mm -hmm. it it feels like what's going on offensively is starting to click and become sustainable and he's going to put up a pretty high number of assists and have a pretty good chunk of a chunk of points yeah every game on pretty good efficiency yeah because dern and him are an item they fit so well together. Yeah, they're doing well. And uh, Cade, I mean, as of this point, only four games, but shot looks a lot yeah. better, and he's shooting 40% from three on over six attempts per game. That's very encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we can talk a bit of a negative here. It's just that he continues to make some really lazy passes. Not necessarily lazy, but passes that are fine in the NCAA, but are going through windows that will yeah. close very, very quickly against much better defenders in, yep. in the NBA. So ill-advised, ill-advised. I completely agree. He's not, as you mentioned, he is not in an easy situation. Uh, His his minutes with the starting lineup, he's getting swarmed. And like Mm -hmm. the Thunder basically just sandwiched him with like as many as four defenders at a time off the drive. And you can say just pass the ball, but if they're just completely, (laughs) yeah, it's not that easy. If they're completely willing to leave guys open, they are also coming from that direction and they are standing in between Cade and those guys with their arms up. And all of the Thunder players are long yes yeah it's almost all of them in the entire team that's like the thunder mo is that they're long for their position and are just absolute dogs who are who just try really hard on every possession so they're, they're not going to give you anything easy and we made it easy on them oh yes <clears throat> very easy ivy suffered from that too i mean there were possessions yeah. with with either asar killian before yeah when he was just he was, he was, they were in diamond formation around him at yeah. the end, Cade. It, it's ugly. Cade has, I mean, he's, he's had some issues. It's going inside the arc. He's had some issues with turnovers. He's also in a very hostile situation in terms of lineups. Yeah. Uh, needlessly. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's got a, and it bears mention, this is basically Cade's sophomore season. And yeah. um, so I'm not worried. I think, I think there's been a lot to be excited about with him, but the, the lazy passes and, and kind of the, the, the high handle turnovers. Uh, yeah, he, he actually hasn't even crossed a full 82-game season in terms of games played mm-hmm. yet. He's still at 80 games played, so extremely early going still for Cade, and he's looked pretty good. So although a bit of a mixed bag with fouls and turnovers, I think the the, the qualities that we've lo- looked for, for as Pistons fans are starting to really come together, which is the three-point shooting and just being Good. <laughs> Being good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good and not bad. We already covered Killian. Um, yeah, he's as bad as ever in getting major minutes. He's He's been really, really bad. Uh, continues to be one of the most ineffectual scorers in the NBA. Um, that sucks. That's been a negative. 
I mean, he's shooting a uh, 32% from the field and 25% from three, which is not much worse than his baseline. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I think, I don't think, do you think we need to talk about Killian? I, I feel like we've talked about it enough already. What I, what I will say about Killian is that I don't think it's a, a mindset issue. Mm-hmm. It is more so just a skill level, which is that he ha- does just doesn't have quite the NBA acumen to to be as unathletic as he is and still be an effective offensive player. Yeah, and, and I think that the 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 defensive component is real. There is definitely positives to some aspects of his defense. Yep, just some. Yeah, and if if you go strictly from the lens of it being we're going to set a defensive tone and we're going to try to to at least hamper teams on, on offense teams starting five on offense and hopefully tread water enough that when we bring in our bench we'll be able to outgun them because we're bringing in Burks and Ivy rested against other teams benches and we believe that they're better, that maybe we'll we'll take the L on the starting lineup. It's just I think that it's not working that Killian way. Killian <laughs> it's it's not working out that way because Killian Killian and Asar are very anti synergistic. It's not they they it's not just that they don't synergize well on the court together at all. Yeah, I'm not just talking offense. As of the Thunder game, as of the end of the Thunder game, so after four games played, yeah. that starting lineup actually has a slightly below average defense. Which which tracks. Yeah, it's uh, it's not only terrible on offense, it is but it was a little bit below average on defense. Yeah. <clears throat> so we mentioned it. I'm talking, the- the- sorry, I'm talking theoretically. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm just saying in terms yeah. of what's happened so far, just, just for anybody who's wondering how the lineup is actually done defensively. But yeah, theoretically, yeah, it could be. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised even if Monty was thinking about it that way, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough to, it's to real tough to wear down NBA athletes. Even... <laughs> like NBA athletes today are the the best conditioned and most athletic they've ever been in the league. Uh, but even back yeah. when defense before, during the hand checking era um, and, and after they got, after they changed the defensive rules to make defense a little bit easier, you know, it got rid of, um, I don't even know how to refer to it back when you just had to stay with your man at all times. You couldn't play zone. You couldn't double. <laughs> um, right. Uh, even back then when you could just play grinding super physical defense, you were not wearing down those athletes who were, who were not as athletic and not as well conditioned uh, on average as these guys. Yeah. Michael Jordan played through that era and obviously was very successful. It, it, there are some people who are just so athletic and gifted that it you can't really wear them down. You can impact them mentally maybe, but actually wearing down NBA athletes, especially in their 2020s, just isn't going to happen that way unless it's at the end of the season, playoff atmosphere, guys are banged up. Yeah. It just it, it it's it's a nice thing to talk about for like media and giving the media something to sink their t- teeth into, but it it doesn't really have any sort of legs when you actually watch the the game. No, also you can't play highly physical defense anymore. You just get called for fouls constantly. So it's not like yeah. you can you can beat up. Uh, it's not like you can just beat up teams. I mean, you, uh, what I want from the Pistons is definitely for teams to come in, and even if they win, they you know. They, they haven't had fun in the process because it's been a painful experience for them, but there's only so much you can do on that, uh, you know, on that side of things. 
um, not coincidentally the Pistons, well, this is from having young players, but also kind of playing a very physical game. The Pistons are currently leading the league in fouls. Um, there and turnover, and I think turnovers. Uh, no, the Spurs actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, but the Pistons, that, that, that's been another negative. Uh, turnovers have been a pretty big issue. Yeah. Like a it, pretty big issue. I mean, I was just happy that they were under 20 through two periods yesterday. Yeah. This podcast was recorded in the day after the Thunder game. Yeah, it's uh, it's so, it's Tuesday night right now. Yeah. I'm, I was pretty happy that it was under 20. Because the three games before it was over twenty. Oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah, it was bad, and that's. I mean, that's a combination of youth and again lineups. Yeah. You know, lineups. Yeah, lineups. You're gonna you're gonna give up a lot of turnovers when your lineups have hideously bad spacing, um, particularly with the starting lineup. So, as far as other negatives, uh, so Isaiah Stewart is he he did well against the Heat against the um, excuse me against the Hornets and against the Bulls, um, but the Thunder just like I feel like. He, the limitations will remain because his mobility is just not really all that great. There's not, he has not a lot he has to offer between the three point line and uh, just posting up mismatches mm-hmm. and the thunder were just killing him when he tried to post up mismatches. If they weren't fronting him and just tipping the ball away, he'd get the ball and guys, cause the thunder, like you said, are very long, they're players and they're very athletic and they would just move right back to the baseline and swamp him. And then all he can do is throw up a wild shot. So, <clears throat> I wouldn't call it a negative necessarily, but mm. uh, he's also just been been passing up open threes, which is a little frustrating. So, uh, not necessarily a negative. It's just like kind of things continue, things things continue as they were. There's just he's he's limited in what he can do on on offense against solid defenses. I think it's it's kind of this thing where I never want to see him drive unless there is a clear lane to the basket. Oh yes. That is just something, I mean, it sounds like it should be obvious, but in practice, he's going, he turns away shots, maybe due to like either a lack of confidence or his somewhat slow shooting motion that he turns away shots and does not make the immediate pass out and then will drive a couple of dribbles into the two point range. And then it's, it's lights out possessions over. There's going to be a turnover mm-hmm. or worse. Yeah. He is shooting well from three on the low, fairly low volume. Um, 43%, yeah. which is obviously more than sufficient. Um, I'd like to see him take more. Uh, he's uh, yeah. He's been passing up some threes and just choosing to drive. And like you said, that's very unlikely to end well. Yeah. He doesn't have the <clears throat> ball handling or creation chops to get himself or someone else open. It, it re- he really is being hampered as well by that starting lineup being so poorly spaced yeah. that teams are able to just collapse on him when when they're in that situation. Like, oh, we'll p- apply just enough pressure that he won't feel confident taking the shot. He'll drive into us, we'll play swarming defense, get the turnover. Yeah, and He's not Cade, who's, who, can pa- who can sometimes pass out of that. And he's not Duran, who's sometimes so athletic it doesn't matter. Or can pass out of it. it. Yeah. Or can pass out of it. And yeah. I he never he should never drive unless there's a clear and open lane. Mm-hmm. And he should be looking to pass as soon as he turns turns down the shot. Yeah. Or, sh- or if you're shooting, just shoot the ball. Just just let it rip. Yeah. 
get more comfortable taking those cl- those uh, coffin three pointers with a guy draped all over you. Uh, the- because those are the, those are the three pointers that because he's not going to be shooting movement no. that he's going to need to make to be effective in meaningful games in the future. Yeah, there's still open threes. He's just hesitating while a guy is closing out yeah. on him, and then the opportunity goes away. Yeah, and then like you said, exactly. he he tries to do something, uh, but put the ball on the floor and. I'd love for Isaiah Stewart to become a better handler at this point. I don't think he has it in him. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, on the plus side, I don't know we keep going back to pluses, which is nice. Uh, he's been strong in the boards. That's good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the better spacing will enable him to take more open threes and to, to get more of those mismatch opportunities down low. Though I think uh, you mentioned it, but you didn't mention it on the podcast, like the heat even kind of started adapting to that as the game went on and taking those opportunities away from him and the thunder knew they were coming and completely closed them off. Oh, like completely just, yeah. Yeah. And so, so I think it's, it's that case where it's like, if he's your fifth best starter, it could be fine. And hopefully that would allow him to carve out that role on offense where he can hang and still provide positive value. But as it is right now, because we have, such gigantic offensive negatives that he's our third best starter and it's just no boy now. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, I mean, I think the final one for me is just that Joe Harris looks as, <laughs> looks as bad as we expected. I mean, he just looks <laughs> physically washed three years ago. He wasn't the most mobile player, but he was mobile enough and he was a, yeah. a very elite three point shooter who should average in the teens and points. Uh, I think the, the jig is up. Joe Harris, I think just the, the injury nuked his mobility and you just can't afford to lose mobility in, in today's league, not when you don't have much in the first place. Uh, all right, so we're getting about uh, up to an hour here. So uh, why don't we, we wrap this up? You got any, uh, any closing thoughts? I mean, as negative as I, I may sound, I'm actually incredibly hyped for this team still because I, I, don't, I didn't expect playoffs. I still don't expect playoffs or even play in, but... It, a lot of positive signs from the key guys mm-hmm. and I agree. it's ugly right now and it also is good right now too so the fact that we're starting to see this movement towards watchable nba basketball is all all that i really need to see yeah i'm i'm pretty desperate to have a, a fun to watch detroit team so this has been a good four games despite Mm-hmm. a lot of issues yeah I, I think there's a lot to be excited about too my chief complaint right now is just the lineups um aside from that sure. and, well and killian but we didn't even expect killian to play if everybody was healthy um i i don't think he's playing in, in three weeks yeah I, I mean that's another thing to be to be to look forward to is i, I know monte and, and boyan are, are veterans and this is a team that's very much in a development phase but they're very very useful veterans they're valuable veterans and and they will add add their own dimensions to this team and, and that'll be a big boost. And maybe Isaiah livers can stay healthy. Who knows? Um, that, that would be nice <laughs> too. Picks to fly. Yeah. I mean, like he, he would not even have been in position for the business to draft him. If, if he hadn't had health issues, I think, I think he might've gone on the late first. Um, but he does have health issues and, and they've been big issues, but yeah, plenty to be excited about. Uh, I, I, I think we covered a lot of the positives. The main negative for us was just the lineups and, and, you know, a little bit in the way of growing pains. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm 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 happy for the most part. Aside from the lineups, I'm happy with what I've seen from most of the players. And yeah, there's there's uh, there, there are a lot of positive takeaways even even very early on. And we still got 78 more games of basketball to play in the regular season. And maybe just maybe 
don't bank on it, but possibly uh, maybe a play-in game or two. And maybe if we're really lucky, uh, the Pistons make the first round. But uh, that's that's a lot to hope for. And I think going from a 17 win to a playoff team uh, would be almost unprecedented. Often. It's a lot. To, it's, it's a lot to hope for. Uh, in any event, and, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And one one more thing, very important. There could be another. 83rd game. Remember, this is the first year of the midseason tournament. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. On, yeah. Right? We have those very ugly uh, jersey and floor combination to look forward to. That's Come true. On, Mike. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, anyway, let's, uh, let's uh, you know, call it wraps on this one. Uh, Price, as always, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining. Yep. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. All right, folks. Uh, so, as always, uh, thank you for listening. I'll catch you in next week's episode.